This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Good afternoon. Well, they did it. Yesterday, a majority of the provinces reached an agreement on expanding the Canada Pension Plan. It won't happen overnight. We will start making contributions in 2019, and they will be all phased in by 2025. By then, the CPP will replace a third of the income of people earning $55,000 or less, and that comes to a total of $17,500 up from $13,000. Now, the big news is for people who earn a bit more, middle-class people who earn a bit more, because the expanded CPP will ensure earnings up to $82,700. And those people, when the plan is fully implemented, will collect up to about $27,500. Well, as for the premiums, we don't have all the information. They will start at just 7 bucks a month for people in that up to 55k bracket in 2019 and go up to $34 a month for those people, but we're not sure about what everyone else will pay. So, is that a good deal? Is that really going to help people with their retirement in a much-needed way? Or is it a compromise that doesn't really satisfy anyone? We're going to get a number of different perspectives, but most of all, we want your perspective. Do you think this is a good thing? It's not for us Zoomers, it's for our kids and grandkids. But we would like you to weigh in. The numbers, once again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, uh, we are going to go to our guests on the line. First of all, we have Alexandre Laurent, Director of Research at the C.D. Howe Institute. Hello. Hello, good afternoon. And on the other line, we have Wade Pajamka, who is the Director of Policy and Litigation at CARP. Hi, Wade. Hi, Libby. Okay, so let's start with you, Alexandre. What do you, what's your reaction to this? Uh, my reaction is um, that we, we don't know the contribution rate yet, so we don't know how economical this will be. Uh, the, 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 the amounts quoted seems uh, a bit low, um, so, but we, we have to wait. We have to wait and see how much those contribution rates will be. Um, I would have hoped to, uh, to, to see that uh, in, in the communique, but it, it wasn't disclosed. Um, now, uh, the other thing that I, that I noticed, is, is that it, it will affect uh, low to modest income earners uh, because it's, an, it's a full expansion. It's not only an expansion for the higher tier uh, that you mentioned, the fifty-five to eighty-three thousand uh, dollar people. Uh, this, this is earnings. It's for uh, for everyone. So uh, it, it will mean higher contribution also for um, the, the modest income earners and for benefits that will ultimately. Uh, 
lead to high GIS, GIS clawbacks uh, at the end when they collect their pension, which means that it's not, it's kind of not going to be very economical for these, for these people, but very good for governments who will have less GIS to pay. But uh, it does mean that, that even those modest income earners will be funding their own pensions. Isn't that a good thing? Well, it's a good thing for me. It's a good thing for taxpayers uh, in, in that bracket higher than $55,000 because that means uh, they will have uh, less of a burden for, uh, from the, uh, the old age uh, security program, which includes the GIS. So, yeah, for, for, for taxpayers generally, it, it, it's a good thing. Uh, for people who benefit from, um, from that first pillar of uh, retirement income protection, that does mean they will, they will prepay their, this pillar one uh, protection um, more than, than they, they would have had to be uh, without the expansion. And so they, they, they won't really get any benefit from it. Uh, but you know what? The pillar one, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a poverty uh, protection um, pillar. Uh, this is GIS, OAS, and, and other fiscal benefits from provinces, and that's why they're clawback. It's, it's really to protect seniors from poverty, and so uh, we're just going to ask people making $30,000 to prepay uh, some of that money. Okay. Uh, Wade, what do you make of it? Is this a good thing? Yeah, Libby, I see this as a, a good thing for for all Canadians, I, I, I mean, they are going to prepay. There, there's going to be higher contributions and, and higher payments in retirement. Um, but I, I, the reason I think that's a good thing is because for some people, this is their only pillar, the OAS and the CPP. So some people don't have workplace pensions. They don't have savings. So, so for those people, I think this is crucial. And overall, for Canadians, I think this is a good thing. Well, uh, the research that's been done has shown that it's people at the middle income level who don't have workplace pensions and don't save enough. And uh, you can see why, you know, $82,700 might be the top end of this. And it sounds like certainly a good amount of money. But uh, when you try to raise a family on it in a place like Toronto, it doesn't really go that far, doesn't really allow for that much saving yeah i i hear what you're saying but i I also when you're you're trying to uh kind of make ends meet in toronto in retirement you need to have a replacement income that that's reflective to some some degree of your pre-retirement income so it's it's more crucial that from my perspective that you have that in retirement and you're you're not um sacrificing your standard of living so so again i do see it as a good thing Okay, Alexandra, I mean, doesn't it make sense that people at that level, even though the higher earners, uh, you know, it sounds like a reasonable income, but it's very difficult to save at that level? Um, yeah, there's various ways that people can save. Uh, what we've seen is uh, interest rates are very low and people are buying houses. Uh, here, here we're not talking, and that's another thing, right? And that needs, that, need, that needs to be clear, too. We are not talking about people that are soon to retire, we're not talk, uh, and even we're not even talking about the people 50 plus because they won't have enough. And uh, that are 50 years old right now, this thing's going to be implemented in nine years. Like they, they won't really see any benefit from this. Just a few a few dollars. Uh, we're talking about people that are in their 30s right now, in their 20s. Okay. So, uh, uh, so if, if they're if they're making that much money, then great. But they will uh, they will be contributing uh, from that fifty five to eighty thousand dollar on on that on that amount of money that like 
additional um, uh, close to $30,000, they'll be contributing uh, 12% of it from what I have seen. 12%? Well, wow. yeah, that's that's the contribution rate. Like two, uh, I've seen what I've seen in the media, but that's not in the communique. What I've seen the Globe and Mail reporting is that the 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 the, 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 the um, it would be a two percent uh, increase in the contribution rate. Two percent. So, yeah, the uh, of course the combined contribution rate, but let's not fool ourselves. Like employers always find a way to um, to to kick back the the <laughs> their increase in their contribution to employees. So, um, so, so, so from from ten to twelve percent, and so twelve percent would be the contribution rate um, for uh, for thirty three percent pension, which is a good pension. It, it's a, um, it's a, it sounds like a, a very good pension. Uh, I just want to give the numbers out again because I'd like to hear from people on what they think, and also uh, if you're a Zoomer out there, do you think this is a good thing for your kids, and do you mind the fact that you're going to have to be paying into this as of twenty nineteen? even though uh, you're not going to be pulling very much of it out by the time you retire if you start in uh, 2019. So those numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And again, the question is, do you think this is a good deal? Is it a pig and a poke? Because we don't really know how much people earning over $55,000 are going to have to contribute to this, and it could be a lot. And again, Alexander, one of the analysis that I've seen is that one of the reasons that the generations coming up, people in their 30s and 40s now, may not be able to save money is that the housing market is so high while they're just uh, paying, you know, just trying to buy their homes that that there's no way that they're going to have money left over to save for retirement. Uh, Do you agree with that? Yeah, but it's the down payment we're talking about. The the uh, the, the the average uh, mortgage payments, and that's that's um, the, the, those are official statistics. The average mortgage payments on a 25-year mortgage, hasn't uh, as a percentage of income, hasn't changed much since the 90s, right? Because interest rates are much lower. Even if you pay more for your house, your interest rate is lower, so your mortgage payment as a percentage of income that has stayed pretty much constant. But the down payment required is much higher, so you need to save for that down payment. And so, uh, so, so yeah, so, so if, uh, if now people will be forced to save for their, pen, their CPP pension, and it will be, what, about $3,000 more if it's 12% times uh, about $30,000, you know. If it's $3,000, then maybe that means they won't have the money for the down payment for some of them, so they will be substituting one form of saving for another, which is okay. I mean, it's just it's just reality, right? At one point, like you cannot create more income. Like people that don't have the money will will, will be uh, saving in CPP instead of saving in something else. If they were, if they were saving, if they were not saving at all, consuming it all on on stupid goods, then yeah, well, I guess that that's great, right? If if people are stupid and not consuming everything, and you were not talking about someone earning $30,000, we're talking about someone earning $80,000. So if that all $80,000 goes, goes to taxes and things that are not durable and are not, are not investments at all, then, I mean, yeah, it's great that at least we force that person to save $3,000 more, but uh, is that really, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's the case of, of most families. Okay, let's, uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Lynn in Burlington. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Lynn? 
Lynn? Uh, something is a little strange with the phones. I'm going to try to take another call here. Uh, okay, uh, that's not working. So uh, we'll go back to Alexandra while we try to uh, fix the phone lines. Um, okay, uh, Alexandra, an- another uh, analysis that I've seen is saying that another advantage of having this is uh, that uh, it- it's it's a form of income that you don't have to worry about yourself, that you don't have to worry about how it's invested, about the fees, about the interest rates, that generally speaking, the Canada Pension Plan has been very, very well managed and uh, th- that uh, it's, it's good to have that portion, a bigger portion of your income coming that way. Well, this is a myth. It's a myth because, um, yeah, sure, the CPPIB, that's, that's the, the funds invested uh, in the CPP. Uh, the CPPIB is well managed. We know that. Good, great. And, and, and the fees are probably lower than retail fees on mutual funds, obviously. But it, there's still risk. It, it, these investments are still risky investments. Like it, it, when you uh, invest in an airport in uh, New Zealand or a foreign country, there is a risk, right? Like there are lots of risks that are being taken, and that's okay. You take risk to earn a return. Um, but you know, like you're still taking risk. You're still taking risk. It's still investments. It's not guaranteed, and uh, the CPP is not a guaranteed plan. It's a it's a target benefit plan. Benefits have already been reduced a little bit in in, in, uh, in the 90s, not much, but a bit, and um, and then the contributions have been increased because of uh, experience uh, experience loss. So. These things happen, right? When you have a target benefit plan, nothing is like really guaranteed. Things can change based on experience. And uh, the investments are well managed, yes, but there's still a risk. It, there's not a, it's not a government guarantee. Okay. Um, let's try to take a call again. Uh, Marion in Burlington. Uh, Marion in Burlington. Let's... let's Okay, um, you know what? Um, We're going to take a quick break now, and uh, we're going to come back with more on the Canada Pension Plan. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Welcome back. We are talking about the agreement to expand the Canada Pension Plan. And the good news is, I think our call-in phones are fixed, so let's go right there. We've got Lynn in Burlington. Hello, Lynn. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we've got uh, some interesting music, but no Lynn. Okay, we'll try Claudio in Toronto. Hello, Claudio. Yes, hi, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, not bad, thank you. Uh, the reason I'm calling is I'm on a disability pension. Right. Now, when I retire in about another two or three years, uh, will it if, uh, will it be an increase in the CPP or will it, how does it work? Will it stay the same or... Um, well, in two or three years, uh, there's not going to be any difference. We aren't even going to start paying into this uh, until 2019, which I guess is three years, just as you retire. Yeah. So w- will there be an increase in people that are pensioned off, or will it... No. Uh, uh, it'll be the same as uh, you would be, um, um, like, I worked so many years, they will base it on that, or... Yep. That, that's Okay, so it's based on that, really. 
Yeah, this is, as we said, this is for the next generation. For the next generation. It's for the people who are going to start paying in in 2019 and keep paying in. It's for people in their 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, you're very welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, and uh, I want to bring in another perspective now. So the question is, what does business make of this? Business people were almost universally opposed to the made-in-Ontario pension that is now off the table. It would have required, I think, higher contributions than what will be required now, because that was 1.9% of uh, payroll, and uh, it would have created a whole new bureaucracy. So is is this compromise more palatable? It also includes a tax deduction for businesses on the, the contributions they make. Alan Odette is president and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, which is the voice of 60,000 businesses across Ontario, which collectively employ over 2 million people. Hello, Alan. Hello, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm well. I'm sorry. I'm in a bit of a loud spot. I'm at the Reagan Airport in Washington. So oh, okay. I'll try to get get through this quickly. Okay. Um, what so, what so do you make of this? From us. Oh, listen. I, I, a couple of things here. One, there is uh, there is a next generation. There is a a cohort of of Canadians and, and in particular Ontarians that will not have uh, post retirement uh, savings that would be adequate to uh, to live on. So. What um, my membership has been calling for very clearly from day one is for the federal and provincial governments to work collaboratively together to come up with a national solution. At the top of your uh, note there, you made comment about the Ontario um, solution that, that Kathleen Wynne had brought forward uh, in, in, uh, in the way of the ORPP. We were not in favour of that because... You know, when the provinces are, are doing things alone, it creates increased regulation, right, uh, but administrative that's, burden. Sorry to interrupt you, Alan, but that is off the table. They've, they have yeah. made a deal. So do you like that deal or not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we think that uh, there's been a lot of leadership brought to this file, uh, not just over the weekend, but over the last number of months um, from our membership, from uh, certainly the government. The government listened to uh, to what my membership had to say throughout most of this debate, and uh, and frankly, it, it it seems as though Ontario has has really led the discussion, and and they've been able to land on a national plan, uh, which which we are by and large uh, in in favor of. I haven't seen the details because I'm out of the country right at the moment, but we're certainly uh, committed to continuing our work with both levels of government to to get this right for the next generation. Okay, the the question that I have too is we don't know what the level of contributions is going to be for that higher tier. Does that worry you, Alan Odette? Well, that's you know there's some some folks that have raised some concerns over that and and again, I don't have the details uh, and and it's certainly something that we will be working with both uh, officials in Ontario as well as uh, the Federal Minister of Finance's office on Okay. Alan Odette, thank you so much for your perspective. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. uh, Let us uh, go back to the phones. We've got Mel in Coldwater. Hi, Mel. Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm quite reasonable. Reasonable is good. Yeah. Because if it goes downhill, it's your fault. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Libby, you know, once again, we've got governments 
doing this tap dance, really, really great at doing that, instead of doing what is, has been talked about for 20, or over 25, possibly even 30 years, and that's a, a, quite simply a guaranteed annual income. Because a guaranteed annual income satisfies all the people, the people who are, are in low-income jobs, the people who are not working, and, every, and, and the overhead cost, the infrastructure that is required, is completely in the, eliminated, which comes out of tax dollars. And for the life of me, I don't understand when when there's been uh, uh, people like the uh, re- retired uh, Senator Hugh Siegel who were always championing this, and there's been economists who have always said that that as an entity does far better for the economy than having this piecemeal extraction from uh, earned dollars. And it looks after everybody and eliminates so many things that end up costing as a result of the infrastructure for administration. And I don't understand why they continually do this, but it, it, it makes great sound bites, and it's a, it's a lovely little thing. Oh, look what we're doing for you. Vote for us again. Okay, well, uh, that's pretty clear. Mel, thanks for your perspective. Thanks, Libby. Okay, well, um, before we switch gears, and we're going to do that shortly, Alexandre, at the C.D. Howe Institute, uh, what would you like to leave us with? Uh, well, two, uh, two things, really. The first, um, the two things. The first, uh, you mentioned it. Like we, we, uh, we don't know yet what the contributions will be, and, and, and I think that's an important point. So we don't even know if, uh, if the scheme is sustainable or not, uh, because we don't know what they have planned in terms of contributions. And, and, and you're right that like above $55,000 to the $83,000 mark, the, the higher tier, um, I, I'm assuming that you know, they, they, this higher tier will will get a 33% replacement rate, and if that's the case, then the then employer and employee will have to pay the full contributions, which is pretty high. It will be higher than 10%. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe uh, maybe it's it's not going to be the 33%. Maybe it's going to be a lower number, and then contributions will be lower. So, but we don't know any of this. So that's that's one thing. Like this is the, this is a plan, but a plan that that is not complete. Uh, and the other thing is, I worry about the lower uh, the, the lower income uh, workers in this. I I, I I do worry. Like if you take a, you know a single mom earning thirty thousand dollar, well you know what she's not going to gain from this. Uh, she she's she she's going to pay what five hundred dollar a month more in CPP contribution. Uh, five hundred dollars yeah. a month more? No, uh, not that month. A year, sorry, a year. <laughs> And 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 to uh, to receive what to receive maybe uh, a, a nominal pension of twenty five hundred dollar, but then it's going to be clawed back seventy five at least seventy five percent because now for a single person um, the the GIS is from two thousand to eight thousand five hundred is clawed back at seventy five percent, so she'll lose uh, at least seventy five cents per dollar of her GI per dollar of CPP of her GIS. So she really like she she's only gonna get maybe seven seven hundred thousand uh, dollar seven seven hundred dollar uh, a year for five hundred dollar a year contribution and that's a very low uh, it's it's abysmally low uh, rate of return for that investment she would have done much better anywhere else and that's obviously because of those high clawback rates uh, and 
it's it's it these people were not people that needed a cpp expansion and i, I don't know why they're included in it oh okay so you're you're okay that's a, a sticking point for you um alexandra thank you very much for your input we appreciate it thank you Bye-bye. And uh, before we change over to uh, Dr. Zach, let's just take one more call. Judy Judy and Acton, hello. Uh, Libby? Yes? Um, I have some issues with the whole um, understanding of the thing, and I suspect a lot of your viewers are confused about it, too. Um, are you telling me that the current boomers who either collect pension now or are about to within the next couple of years will not get this increase. Is no, that they correct? will they will not get this increase. Um there's can you turn your radio down? Uh yes, I'll do that right now. Okay. Okay. Um, people who who are sorry. People who are at or close to The problem to re- is that isn't that the current boomers, a lot of them, a good percentage of them are the ones that are in trouble and have been pushing for this and yet they're being left out and uh, are still left with the uh, lower than poverty amount. Well, well, the, if if you're at the poverty level, there are other things, and uh, which Alexandra Loran from the Howe Institute was talking about. So, on top of your CPP, if you're in poverty, you get the guaranteed income supplement yeah. and old yeah. age security. But it's difficult for people who are right on the borderline. They're on the borderline, right? And they they're not eligible for the guaranteed income supplement because of a few dollars. And I know people like that. Um, well, yeah, but this this is this the premise of the Canada Pension Plan is that the, the people who pay in are funding their own retirements. So okay, this so, is for younger people who will start contributing right. in so 2019. Who, who is starting to contribute and when? Are we talking 2019 years of age 21? It's when you work. It's a it in 2019 everybody who is working will okay. be contributing. Okay. And and they're going to pull out, uh, you know, relative to what they contribute. So it's mostly going to be for people who are younger and who will be contributing for a good number of years, and they will mm-hmm. then pull it out. Okay. So um, now I heard this figure bandied about that it's about a four or five thousand dollar increase. So are you talking about a maximum of seventeen, eighteen? Yeah, for people for people earning fifty five thousand. Yeah. The maximum will be uh, about seventeen thousand five hundred. Based on the way inflation has been going, um, my son, if he in thirty years gets seventeen thousand dollars, that's not going to be worth anything, is it? Well, um, uh, uh, I can't say what's going to happen in thirty years. It's it's going to be uh, more than it is now. It's going to cover. A third of his income, uh, which is pretty good, so uh, and and it's what they could agree to. But uh, you know, is that going to be enough? Well, I yeah. doubt it. I'm wondering. Yeah, what do you think? Like seventeen thousand dollars in thirty years from now is probably going to be worth less than our twelve, thirteen. Well, his his now. his income is going to be going up as well, and it's insuring earnings up to eighty two thousand. 
700. Yeah. And I'm sure that they'll be able to tweak it um, in, uh, you know, over the course of the 30 years. Judy, thank you very much for your call. Oh, it's so confusing. Listen, I'm glad you addressed that for me. I really appreciate it, but I'm not, I suspect I'm not the only viewer out there or the only listener that was confused about that whole thing. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking my call, girl. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.